Hey, my name is Mim Sheikh, and I'm starring in the upcoming cross-cultural romantic comedy called What's Love Got To Do With It. Make sure you check it out. And right now, you're listening to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing. My name is Abhay Dandekar, and I share conversations with talented and interesting individuals linked to the global Indian and South Asian community. It's informal and informative, adding insights to our evolving cultural expressions, where each person can proudly say, trust me, I know what I'm doing. Hi, everyone. On this episode of Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing, a conversation with actor, writer, spoken word artist, and broadcaster, Mim Shake. Stay tuned. So I ask you this, can thoughtful vulnerability be the secret driver for creative expression that's trustworthy? You know, making yourself vulnerable takes courage, involves risk, insight, and depth, and often isn't helped by our own impetuousness or impatience, which is why being thoughtful in the approach is so important. And speaking of thoughtful, thank you so much for listening to this and sharing it with your friends and family. It means a lot to me. And if you are enjoying these episodes and if you find yourself compelled to do so, here I'm going to make myself vulnerable and ask you to please rate and review and download and subscribe wherever you might be listening to this. And to follow Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing on social media. Now, when we make ourselves vulnerable, especially in an artistic space, it's likely that audiences watching are taking great notice and identifying with emotions and shared experiences. And this is exactly what I found in having a conversation with the incredibly thoughtful and authentic British actor Mim Sheikh. With Pakistani, Muslim, and working class roots, Mim was born in London, and he was raised by his grandmother after his father abandoned the family when Mim was only an infant. Now his acting debut came via the short film Daytimer, which was directed by Riz Ahmed. And later on, Mim starred in a supporting role on BBC One in the crime drama series Informer, as well as many other television credits. Audiences soon clearly also recognized that Mim's thoughtful vulnerability is what's so compelling. Through spoken word projects examining partition and a diverse portfolio of acting and broadcasting work, and especially in the documentary he made called Finding Dad, which follows Mim on his search for his dad in Pakistan. Most recently, Mim is part of director Shekhar Kapoor and writer Jemima Khan's multicultural romantic comedy called What's Love Got to Do With It, which opened in England last week and explores arranged marriage in a British South Asian Muslim family as documented by a neighbor and childhood friend. The film and its many intersections is perhaps the ideal latest platform for Mim's expression and serves as a perfect backdrop for us to chat about his journey and experiences as an actor. We caught up this past week for a conversation, but you know, as an American meeting a fellow brown person from Britain, I wanted Mim to try and help us break some misconceptions right at the start. I'm curious, when you meet people from the States who are also brown or South Asian or Indian or Pakistani, what are some of the misconceptions that they have comparatively from growing up in, in the United States or elsewhere in the world versus Britain or in Europe? Yeah, no, it's a really interesting question. I think anytime I speak to somebody who's brown um, in America, it's like they they still view me as British. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, right? But straight away, the reaction would be like, would you like a cup of tea? Right. <laughs> Can I get you a cup of tea, please? Yeah. 
And it's like, it's, all, it's always the case. And I think it's because of accent. So yeah. I think accent is obviously very strong when you're British. Um, and the images of Britain that America have seen sure. through film, TV, shows like Downton Abbey, uh, Bridgerton. Um, I think they sometimes think everybody here drinks tea, eats crumpets, Right. And speaks exactly like the Queen, you know. Um, You're at Wimbledon right now, right? That is that is that correct, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't live too far from Wimbledon. Is that know? right? The okay. Actual, yeah, the actual place. I don't live too far. From. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you're right. You know, the accent and sort of like first first impressions. That's it's such a ubiquitously you know stereotypical way to to judge, and it's unfair, perhaps. And when they go beyond the accent part, and maybe those first few superficialities is there a sense sometimes that yes hey we're, we're both brown we're both south asian we're both uh kind of living the same game if you will um in my experiences so far with the people that i've met i, I don't necessarily i don't necessarily feel that and I, mm. I i feel like there's more of a divide between uh you're british we're american yeah you're different to us and we're different to you Whereas if we did, the way that you say it, if we did look at it like, yeah, but we're both like South Asian and we're both yeah. brown, you know? Right. Um, Kids that, of immigrants. Our, yeah, literally our ancestry is more connected yeah. uh, than in comparison to the geographical locations to where we've been brought up. Um, I guess I, I, some people do, but I, I, my experience is so far, and I'm not that heavily experienced with America yet in my career. Yeah. Um, I, I was there with family in December um, and I experienced like meeting different types of people, but I guess I'm still open to it and I'm still trying to learn it. Yeah, I guess, it, I mean, it's an evolution like, like anything else. I'm curious, given that backdrop and having had kind of a, at least some American experiences, but definitely kind of a front row seat to the British South Asian experience, in general, as a storyteller, how challenging is it to, in some ways, manage so many priorities, being South Asian, being Muslim, being British, being from working class roots? Does it build a lot of patience, inevitably? I think now, where I'm at now, it's building patience and it's building a deeper understanding of kind of who I am and how I self-express my identity through my work. But I think before, like say the last decade, it wasn't building patient. It was probably doing the opposite. Like it was make my mind was like running. Like racing. Yeah, all the time trying to figure out like, am I British? Am I Pakistani? Am I Muslim? Am I uh, like a, a South Londoner? Like it's, it's all of these questions that keep revolving around, you know? But I think I've come to peace with it now where I'm understanding what my constructs are, uh, what my intersections are, and allowing myself to just take time and breathe with them. Yeah, and, and almost uh, embracing that and allowing yourself to, in some ways, synthesize it and go forward with it in a way that sort of a byproduct of that perhaps is is the patience that's required. You've used broadcasting and acting and spoken word to advance, in, the, in fact, so many conversations and dialogues about representation and, and I know even skin tone when it comes to this. As you've seen the discussion kind of evolve and grow and develop, 
has that patience, has that understanding of what the pace is, has it somehow also changed your motivation about this? Has it become more of a, you know, building blocks kind of motivation? Yeah, really good question, man. I'm still figuring that out if I'm being completely honest with you, as in I'm still in that process of trying to see, you know, how things change. But what I have noticed is, and this is not to sound like big headed or something, but I think through the work that I've done, through interviewing so many people, through reading so many scripts, through understanding of a human being so much, I've noticed that when I speak about something, i.e. like dark skin representation, I notice slowly a small ripple effect Mm. starting with conversation. And it's very minute and it's very small, maybe due to the fact that my profile isn't that big. But I really, I get um, a lot of satisfaction from that because I feel like as creators and as artists, we're here to um, move the conversation in a good way forward. And when I see that, it does make me go, okay, I like that. So like the interviews that I'm doing recently, a lot of journalists are quoting an article that I wrote back to me, which is, I think, quite important because that shows you've given the time of day to read something that the person you're interviewing has written and you care about the issue that they're talking about. Well, it's almost as if you yourself are building fuel for future conversations. Yeah. Do you feel that it allows you to both learn about the issue uh, in an ongoing way, but then also have a sense of control? I'll, I'll I'll be completely honest. The control thing, I don't necessarily think is like a big thought, like a factor in my thinking process. Yeah. But me as an individual through writing, through speaking is how I process. Mm. I've learned that sometimes when I'm stuck by myself and I'm thinking a lot, I'm not thinking about the right things. But when I'm cathartically expressing myself through the written word or the spoken word, that allows me to really just get my brain uh, moving in the right direction, you know? So I'd say it's more about that. And then afterwards realizing, oh, that connected or that helped or that moved the conversation, then my ego gets a little bit massaged and goes a bit, (laughs) (laughs) then it goes, oh yeah, you've done a great job. So Right. Well, it always helps to have that positive feedback, right? (laughs) Yeah, 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 it does. Um, But I'd say initially, it's literally just getting it out of my head and allowing other stuff to now come and take place and think about that's how I see it are those close to you sometimes surprised by the amount of catharsis that comes out or is this something that you've kind of always been been about your whole life you know like with my close friends it's very weird but it's quite normal as well um like here in Britain we have this like there's this like code of conduct where we it's called like stiff upper lip yeah yeah so people just don't talk about things that sometimes we should talk about right sure and I used to be annoyed at that but I'm actually starting but that led me to now go and do what I do for a living in regards to expressing so much so I'm understanding it a bit better but we don't really we don't really speak about that and I'm glad because um it's there It's, it's on social media so it's on 
a platform for them to connect with if they want to interact with it but in reality like in day to day we're not really discussing work and I think if we were that would be a bit it'll be a bit worrying because you'd be there'll be too much going on about work and stuff right kind of want to keep those lanes separate exactly yeah so we kind of just yeah we ignore it and we're just we treat each other like humans and yeah we just either go and do something or go for some food or just chill yeah you're listening to trust me i know what i'm doing after a quick break we'll come back to our conversation with actor mim shake stay tuned conversation it's the antidote to apathy and the catalyst for relationships I'm Abhay Dandekar, and I share conversations with global Indians and South Asians, so everyone can say, trust me, I know what I'm doing. New episodes weekly, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey, this is Cal Penn. I'm an actor, author, former public servant, and you're listening to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing. Hey, welcome back to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing. Let's rejoin our conversation with British actor Mim Shake. In a similar way to sort of break down stereotypes, advanced dialogues, I see that you and Shekhar Kapoor have decided to use the British rom-com as kind of the ultimate weapon to break stereotypes. And, <laughs> you know, w- with this new movie, you know, this must have been both fun and also a pretty natural learning lab for you. I'm curious from your own experience in in making the film and now reflecting on it as it comes out, what were some of the surprises from this experience that you kind of figured out about yourself that become part of that additive building block experience? I've learned a lot um, in this process. And I think fundamentally the main one is I used to be, I think I used to be a very impatient person in a sense of with my career, I wanted to do a lot of work and then I wanted to get the gratification that I so desperately seeked instantly. Um, and I wanted people to say, yeah, this is great. We love this. This is amazing. You're amazing. And now what I've learned with doing this one project is to just realize, cause we shot this two years ago yeah. and it's now coming out to the world. So I, as a human being, I don't feel like I'm the same person that I was when I, shot this movie uh there was a lot of stuff going on then that now there isn't that stuff going on so it's a i don't know is that there's a really key thing here with when you create art at the moment that you create it you all get together and you're a certain type of person and once that art is released into the world that is very telling of like you as well because it, it comes out at a time where you might not be the same person that you was when you first shot it, if that makes sense, because there's been such a delay and I'm getting used to that. So my brain is very much like, okay, this was two years ago. Right. And now when I watched, when I watched the film back and I see myself, I look at, oh, two years ago, this guy was worrying about X, Y, Z. And now two two years later, it's like, oh, ABC is different. Yeah. And it's like, wow, like um, film, 
and shoot and working in the screen uh, industries can really like show you that and I, and I like it I, I, I do I'm, I'm learning from it you know I've always had this curiosity about things being a combination of mirrors and windows and so when an audience member takes a look at this particularly a British South Asian audience or a British audience or even a global audience the difference between seeing a mirror of the you know culture around them versus a window into the characters or the actors or the producers and what their message was and you know this film was that any different for you in that both providing a mirror to the audience about what perhaps um, British culture this is a very British South Asian film um, versus the window into who you are as an actor as a professional as a person yeah really good question I'll take the mirror uh, part of the question first <laughs> right because uh, I, I can't I don't think I can do both at the same time <laughs> yes but the the mirror yeah absolutely it's um it, it it's this is interesting because it's somebody's mirror right it's not the actual mirror because it's written from a perspective of somebody mm, sure and that that perspective is subjective and that perspective is uh, influenced by their experiences so it's it is a mirror whether it's the most reflective mirror that's debatable or arguable arguable yep um but it is definitely a snapshot into what life is like as a british south asian and what um men and women uh can be dealing with and what they're thinking about in a in a in a, in a love way so in a way of how love is um, perceived for them, what their ideas of it is, where they're at with relationships. Um, so it is that. The window, um, how would you define the difference between a mirror and a window? Yeah, you know, when I think of this, I think of, you know, I, I love how you said that it's somebody's mirror. And, you know, the reflection of it is defined by whoever wrote, you know, the film or the or any kind of piece of art. The window to me is a little bit of, like you said earlier, that this is a window and a snapshot into the world of someone else. So mm. I, it's, I'm not looking to see a reflection. I'm actually looking to explore what that mm. person is all about and, and what they're expressing as a measure of their art or a measure of their creativity. Yeah. Okay. So in that, re in that regard, definitely it's a window into every uh, performer's talents. Um, it's a window into seeing how the cinematographers capture different scenes. It's a window into seeing how a writer's words can move, can can translate to a moving image and how that comes across. Yeah. It's a mirror into so many different things if you look at it like that, for sure. For, for you, in thinking about this, because again, this was shot and completed, you know, two years ago and now really coming out to... Uh, express itself, if you will, in the 2023 landscape of, of cultural cinema. But, you know, for you now, in reflecting back on that, what kind of defines success for you as an actor, as a performer? I mean, is it the role? Is it the process? Is it the product? Is it the reception? Is it a combination of all these things? Um, yeah, um, it's a really good question because I know I keep saying that, but they are. Um, the reason um, I'd say for me, it's been a combination of all of those things. But I think most importantly, I have been chosen to portray this character. 
by the people who made that decision. But I think I've also been chosen to speak about this film from an authentic point of view, yeah. being British, being South Asian, being Pakistani, being Muslim, all of those four attributes uh, belong to my character that I, that I portray within the film. So I think had it been somebody else who may not have had all of those attributes, they might not be able to speak about the film from as authentic of a place in comparison to say me. Now that doesn't mean that other people shouldn't be given opportunities. Of course they should. Sure. But when you're trying to tell a story at the end of the day, you want it to be as reflective as possible. So for me, what I've really loved is being able to be, to speak uh, honestly, openly about my involvement in the project through my work, but then also my involvement with the themes of the film. Right. And I think moving forward, I really have learned so much in this that I want to attach myself to projects that allow me to have that conversation about different subject matters, for example, that, that resonate and mean a lot to me. You work with some amazing people in, you know, in this film, What's Love Got to Do With It? I'm curious on that same front, when it comes to particularly perfecting your craft and professional relationship development, are there examples and even kind of aha moments that you reflect on back now during the production that you're like, oh, yes, this is definitely something that I have to change for myself going forward? Um, yeah, there was a few moments where, you know, when, I think when you're part of a project like this, it's a big creative collaboration. So yeah. there's a lot of opinions, there's a lot of people around. And what happens in any normal situation like that, when there's so many opinions, you debate and you ask, oh, is this right? Oh, is that right? Um, should you do it like that? Should you do it like this? Um, so that I learned is a very big thing and that should be taken on board when I have aspirations of making like my own films one day, right. um, like I've written my own screenplays. So I've taken that in my mind and been like, make sure when you now get the opportunity to do that, you are as open to collaboration and not so fixed on this is my idea and this is how it needs to go. And because that's, I think that's what art is at the end of the day, you're, you're collaborating, you've written something, but it can change yeah. um, through that process of collaboration. I'm, I'm curious, how do you deal sometimes with that creative tension where someone who's an artist or a creator has a very, very specific vision in mind? And yet, as you mentioned, part of the creative process and even the, the sense of innovation is to build flexibility into this and have dialogue and have that back and forth. Is that something that you kind of constantly are, are dealing with is kind of push and pull on, on a set or in that creative process? I think for me, it's not, it's not a sense of, I don't think pushing and pulling with this role in particular, because it wasn't that demanding mm. in the sense of it, they don't require a lot of, I'd say emotional work or something. It, sure. it just, it, it, my role is a supporting role. It's not like I'm in every scene, but I can, I could probably understand the question more had my role been a bit more demanding and had it been a bit more like stressful in the sense of every day there's like five pages of dialogue to learn every day right. there's a new location every day you're traveling to here but this wasn't anything like that it was it was a smaller role 
guess I guess even for future projects or projects you've been on the past where they've been a little bit you've been a little bit more of a primary uh, player here or perhaps work in the future where your vision or someone else who's a really principal artist their vision perhaps has a lot of parameters that in their mind are pretty rigid and to those but as you said you have to be collaborative you have to work as part of a team in order to enact that and, and express that vision is there some sacrifice sometimes of that flexibility, that back and forth, that kind of dialogue to try and express that in the right way? Or is rigidity sometimes actually required? Yeah, it's a very good point that you make because I'm talking around and I'm saying, yeah, you should collaborate and you should do this and you should do that and let it be fluid. But in some cases, a lot of people have actually found it proven to be rigid with their idea and not let anybody come in and say you can change this and that sure as an actor i think you have to be fluid and you have to take direction and you have to be able to change things the way that so and so uh, a director or a writer or a producer wants you to change things however um i can see that viewpoint that you're saying being very like cemented for say directors for example sure who have a complete vision with a movie and they don't want nothing to change left, right or center. And, that, and it proves to be successful for some people. Of course. Yeah. And, and I would imagine that this is something that people have to, in some ways, kind of grapple with and go around when they're in fact, uh, you know, depending on the role that they're in. One of the things that I found so fascinating in, um, you know, thinking a little bit about this conversation, you've made yourself incredibly vulnerable in works like particularly Finding Dad or examining Partition, um, the Royal Blood, I think, spoken word piece that you did. Yeah. Um, you know, you've or, done, you've done, you've done good research. I, I've, I've done my I own like, work. I right, like right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or, or even some of your diverse acting roles, right? I mean, I, the idea of being vulnerable and in some ways kind of showcasing who you are in a very authentic way, how has this element for you? Helped, helped you build trust, especially with not just audiences, but the people you work with? Yeah, good question again. Um, I'd like to think that, you know, we're living in a day and age where everything is digitalized and everybody can see what every any person has done, made, created now due to Google, YouTube, Instagram, etc. right? So I like to look at it as like, that's your like professional kind of, canvas in a way where you as a creative you come up with so many ideas you put them out there and I used to be I used to get affected a lot when I'd create something and I'd I'd look at the views and it would be like 100 views or 50 views I used to to really emotionally uh, affect me because I used to see other people's stuff and it'd be it would be doing amazing numbers right Um, whereas now I've, I've I've put that aside and I've been like See, I'm so glad I made that Royal Blood video to be able to, for you to reference it and say, uh, talking about partition, for example, and how important that was. Um, So yeah, I would say it it helps putting stuff out, but sometimes it's hard because you are being vulnerable at the end of the day. You're opening yourself to criticism. There's so many people, you know, that I know from a, a close proximity and from a far away proximity that have definitely said, uh, in their in their time, oh, what he's doing is just I don't know what he's doing. He's just doing some videos that we don't understand it. It's, he's not right. really earning a lot of money, 
So he's huh. not really that successful. And yet does does the idea of you being vulnerable, um, by the way, you could just take a look at my views and you'll get a great point of reference. <laughs> and, um, but does the idea of that vulnerability, even from a professional satisfaction part, making the art, I mean, is that is that kind of gratification enough, especially when it comes to building trust with both your own work and then also with others around you? Yeah, I don't know if it's enough. Um Building trust is, I think, it takes a lot of time to be able to build trust with people, right? Sure. I don't think anyone will build trust over with someone straight away after seeing a piece of work that they've done. Yeah. Unless they're hiring that person for a return on something straight away and they know that that person can deliver, then they trust the fact that they've made this, they've delivered, and we can hire him to deliver on this project that we need. Sure. Um, but I think it's a long-term process. Um, I'd like to think with the people that we've worked with in this film, for example, um, hopefully there's more trust there if we had to work again on something later down the line. Um, but I think, yeah, I think it's a long, it's a, it's a long-term process rather than a short-term one. You're listening to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing. After a quick break, we'll come back to our conversation with British actor Mim Sheikh. Every story told is a lesson learned, and every lesson learned is a story waiting to be told. I'm Abhay Dandekar, and I share conversations with global Indians and South Asians, so everyone can say, trust me, I know what I'm doing. New episodes weekly, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hi, I'm Srikan Datar. I'm Dean of the Harvard Business School, and you're listening to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing with Abhay Hey, welcome back to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing. Let's rejoin our conversation now with actor, broadcaster, spoken word artist, and writer, Mim Sheikh. It's interesting, Chekharji decided to make a film that was pretty exclusively British South Asian and has so many different intersections kind of baked into, into the entire story. I imagine with that many intersections and the kind of multicultural aspect of this, even for you professionally, especially in breaking down stereotypes and in some ways realizing the identity, for you going forward now, are are these kinds of questions that are asked in this film kind of a proxy for how to design the work going forward? Yeah, a uh, good question. I think it it comes down to you've done this project now what are you going to attach yourself to next and how is that going to be either different or similar to what you've just done and i'm still figuring that out you know i admire artists and creatives that take risks in what they do for example not knowing if something connects really well not knowing if something flops really badly but they take risks because it's a gamble at the end of the day you know Sure. Um, there's there's renowned stories of like Will Smith turning down The Matrix, for example, right. Right. not knowing that it will go on to like become a huge success. So I just think I know my viewpoint on stuff right now is it is is art and it it has to mean a lot and it has to resonate. But I also understand I'm getting older and that decision might be influenced by 
commercialness or sure. finances and stuff like that. And I'm just being transparent with that. Yeah. Um, everything that I've done up to this day for me has had resonance. It's connected. It's impacted me in a certain way. And, I, and I've been happy with it. But I'm also not a millionaire. Mm. So it's like... I mean, there, right, there's there's that aspect of it too that you almost have to pay attention to. Exactly, right? Because there's people who have maybe not done that, yeah. but they've got a lot of money in their bank account and they've, they've got huge, huge profits through doing something that they might not necessarily care about, but they'll come out and say, yeah, I do care about this. Yeah. Everything up until this point that I think I've done, I've cared about. Like in, 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 there's been probably one project that I needed money and I had to do it because I was dead broke yeah. and I still regret it now, but I just had to do it. But other than that, everything has come from like a core place, like within me. Hope I want that to stay the same, obviously, yeah. but we live it. We live in a day and age now where you don't know where your next paycheck is coming from. So it, it, it can be quite hard to balance that. I imagine that 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 itself is a is a constant tension um, that but the fact that you've been able to in some ways stay with your true north compass and keep keep steady with that is is remarkable. Um, I, ha I had one last thought because, you know, you know, you're you're so thoughtful and and definitely uh, are introspective, but also uh, creative um, person, obviously. I, I was curious, I know you were raised by your, your grandmother and she passed a few years ago, but, but yeah. if, she, if she perhaps had a chance to watch your work and particularly this film coming out, what do you think she, oh, would, man. What do you think she would say or, or how do you think she'd feel? Yeah, no, nah, that's, a, that's a gem of a question. Um, look, I'm going to do this. She's in this picture here. There you go. Wow. Yeah, so that's in my that's in my kitchen. Yeah, um, yeah, and that's a picture of me and her. But uh, in answer to your in answer to your question, I'd, she'd be she'd be beyond proud, man. Like genuinely, because she'll be able to relate to the film in in mm -hmm. in the the most like compelling way because there's a character within the film that is actually called Nani John. Yeah, and I had. And this is what I love about art, right? Like I lost my grandmother in 2016, 2017. And obviously I didn't know that this film was coming like five years later, but the, the, my character interacts with a, a Nani John character. And obviously I've lost mine. So I'm, so me, that interaction for me personally is like, wow, this is crazy. Like I'm going over to a wheelchair I'm giving her a hug. I'm showing her the baby. I'm playing with the baby. Internally, what's happening with me there is that I miss my nan. Yeah. And we had the premiere for the film a uh, week on Monday in the UK. And um, I watched the film back and I've not seen it since last year, April. And I'm not lying to you that the last scenes, they they hit me, man. Yeah. They got me. They got me all up in my feelings, bro. <laughs> I was like, hey, that's great. Oh, yeah, it is, but at a premiere when you're like, um, <laughs> when you're trying to be this like bravado, I got the set, right. I got the glasses on. Yeah, it was like it was it it it, it knocked me for six. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, but it, it's it's nice. No, it's nice because art is good when it does that. Um, it is supposed to make people feel whether that's 
happy, sad, glad, whatever it is, whatever emotion it is, it's good that it's able to do that. Well, Mem, I, I hope and I know that your art is making people for their feels and, and no, get, have, some, have some wonderful uh, impact on audiences everywhere. So thank you so much for joining us. What, what a terrific treat. And I hope we can do this again down the line. Definitely, bro. Thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. Thanks so much, Mem. And check out What's Love Got to Do With It out in the UK now and likely in the spring in the US. Hope you're listening and staying safe, practicing random acts of kindness, and continuing to save our planet. Till next time, I'm Abhaydar Nigar.